With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome into the Baradine. I'm Matt. As always, I'm joined by Joe. How's everything going, Joe? Man, I it is it's a Thursday night. And I'm about to have a three-day weekend. So it's it's going swimmingly. How about you? Equally as well. Um, looking forward to the, the long weekend and just spending some time with uh, family. Are you guys doing any like Easter egg hunts or anything like that? So our neighborhood has like a, uh, a Easter parade oh. on Sunday that ends kind of like there's a local church in the neighborhood that has like a big like lot. And so they're going to have a big Easter egg hunt for different age groups and all that. So that's what we're going to do Sunday afternoon. Gotcha. I am Saturday. Uh, I'm going to drive out to my parents' neighborhood up in Conroe, north of Houston, okay. uh, where my mom's neighborhood is like a, a big Easter celebration. So we're going to bring, we're cool. going to bring the baby up there Saturday. Cool. Cool. Yeah. We're going to do, I think we're going to do like church and then brunch. we got early service and then, brunch and then do uh the afternoon activities very nice are you off friday and monday no so like i uh, have to work but i'm like in I'm, I'm in meetings all day so it's not it's not really work it's like i'm sitting there in front of a just existing computer just sitting for eight hours now it really is like two, I, I i mark it in two hour increments so it's like two hours i can I could I have like a break and then two hours and I can go to lunch and two hours and I can have another break and then two hours and I'll get off. So it's really, I just have to make through these two hour increments. So, but anyway, it's, it's like zoom meetings all day. So it's, uh, it's not digging ditches, but it's, uh, can be like exhausting in another way. Well, unfortunately you weren't lucky enough to be somebody that was, you know, athletic enough to become a professional athlete. No, which we did have some Baylor players this week become professional athletes officially because the WNBA draft happened. 
Absolutely. And so we were all kind of waiting to see who was going to be the number one pick. It ended up not being Alyssa. However, she was the number two pick by the uh, Indiana Fever, I believe. Yes. Number two overall pick, Alyssa Smith, the Indiana Fever, which was actually a pretty cool thing to happen because the Fever also had the 10th overall pick. And you know who they they took with that? Uh, Didn't they draft the Queen, Queen Egbo? The Queen herself and Alyssa both going to the Indiana Fever. They're staying together, which I think is just absolutely super cool. Yes, it was. Uh, I, I was pretty so stoked about that as well. You know, I was keeping up with it, um, and so it was. Uh, it was a cool thing to see. And then, I'm I'm pulling up the draft right now to see because there was a third player drafted. Yes, Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis is headed to the Connecticut Sun. She was the number 24 overall pick in the second round. Okay. Yeah, which Connecticut Sun. I believe, hold on, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Dijonaic Harrington actually plays for the Connecticut Sun as well. Uh, let's see. Yes, yes. she does. So yes. she'll be, re- so that's another pair of Baylor players that are on the same team now. So, yeah. So we got, um, that was an exciting night. And, did you? I mean, I was keeping up with it on Twitter, and I don't know much about the no, who was the, the young lady who was drafted number one. I was kind of shocked it wasn't Melissa. Well, I knew like she was considered to be like strongly in the running for it, but it Ron, wasn't a guarantee. Ron Howard was number one overall pick. Correct. Yes, from Kentucky. Yes. So, but yeah, I mean, number two pick, um, Melissa, hope she's super successful in WNBA. She's been nothing but amazing while at Baylor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, part of a, what, a four for four group on uh, Big 12 championships. Yeah. Um, was a huge impact player, both under Kim Mulkey and a huge leader and catalyst for everybody else here in the first year under Nikki Collins. So, I mean, a Baylor bear through and through huge to go number two overall. I mean, I, I know everybody's probably a little bit disappointed. She didn't go number one, but Hey, it's still really cool that she and queen are going to the same place. Absolutely. And we really can't talk about the WNBA without talking about Brittany Griner, her ongoing situation. And we hope that kind of gets worked out and she gets home safely for sure. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a tough situation, especially with everything that's going on in the world yeah. right now. So um, everything I've read about it, it's it hasn't been any good news yet. But fingers crossed and, and prayers out to, to her for all of that. Yeah, that's been going on since like February, I believe. Like prior to the everything that happened with um, the invasion and all that stuff. Yeah, I think the news came out just as 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 that was beginning. Yeah, um, but she had already been in custody for a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, really, just just a tough situation all around, uh, all things considered. So I hope she gets home soon. I hope I hope they figure out some kind of 
diplomatic way to deal with this because I mean it's a, it's a human life. It's not a game to be played. Yeah, and I'm sure they're everyone's doing everything they can. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like you said, it's a, it's a tricky situation. Yeah, I have read some things that are basically like, look, the 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 best case scenarios are for these things to like play out the way that they're supposed to. It, the like screaming about it like that's fine like if you want to have that reaction but like it's it's not going to help it has to play out the way that it plays out so i have been kind of reading things as they've come out you know stayed patient and listened Um, it's something i followed pretty closely because i i I do truly hope that that she gets out and i'm always waiting for good news to pop up that's something like for our daily bears like i would love to write is like Brittany griner home safe yeah because the 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 current staff has been or at least their, you know, social medias and everything. They've been super supportive during like the last WNBA, WNBA season, and then of you know recognizing her maybe more so than the previous regime for Baylor women's basketball were. Um, but so it's it's uh, really want her to get home safe for sure. Yeah, absolutely. She's she's an amazing ambassador for uh, the game of basketball. And, and for Baylor. So, yes. Godspeed, Britt. Um, yeah, for sure. So, transitioning as smoothly as you can from that situation <laughs> to a more. Another um, draft. Yeah, another draft. So, we have the NFL draft. Before we get into the NFL draft, I want to um, just touch on spring football. It's, you know, ongoing. We have, what is it? Next week is the spring game they'll they'll have another scrimmage this saturday um have you gotten any more information or have you seen anything else that uh piques your interest about what's going on with the uh, football program no man i haven't i haven't really heard anything new uh i've seen some people asking questions about things but i i don't have many answers and honestly i i don't know if anybody will really know anything until the fall like i don't i don't really think any true decisions are going to be made um, so I think one will be made. I, I don't know, man. I think one will be made because I mean, Aranda said on multiple occasions, he wants to have the, the quarterback thing situated by the end of spring. Yeah. But who knows what happens in the fall? That's all I'm saying. No, you, I think absolutely. it's, I think it's a tight race. Yeah. I still think Gary's going to be the, uh, starter. I do too. Oh, I, I, oh game one. I 100% agree with that. I think I think it's going to be Gary 100%. And you, I mean, I was for some reason I was off in like daydream state today, and I was thinking about Gary Bohan, and I was like, you know what? He's like going to be like, like like next year about the draft. We'll be talking about Gary Bohan, and just because his body type and like his skill set, and you don't know like the the jump you can make from your yeah that was his first year as a starting quarterback was last year and he was only like 10 and 2 as a starter or something like that i I mean i think he absolutely has another level to go so absolutely and they you didn't have in my opinion i don't have any information but i don't think you had the full offensive playbook you know, like yeah, no, there will there will absolutely be more wrinkles. I, I think mean, that's Grimes just... even said, like, we're gonna do a few things a bunch mm-hmm. of different ways. We're not gonna do a bunch of different things. Yeah, do a it few was, things keep it simple in year one, and then you move in, you expand your playbook and you and you get deeper and deeper into it. Um, 
And the other thing is like, I think the things that were not good about Gary last year, he did a lot of things. Great. Like I really, really liked him as our starting quarterback, but like the things that like he maybe didn't do great all the time, which was like kind of throwing off the back foot, lofting the ball a little bit, not putting zip on it. Like those are all really fixable things. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, for the most part, he had a great, did a lot of good things. Well, or a lot yeah, of things if well. he stays healthy, like I think he's got all the talent in the world to to go anywhere he wants to go. Yeah, because his size and arm strength, like people, I mean, he'll he'll get looks for, at the next level. Yeah, probably just because of the athleticism, also. And we really didn't see that too much last year, as we had in, a, in previous um, stints. Whenever he'd come in, when under rule. You know, he was a lot more of a we we're just, well, they really didn't put in his hands to throw it. So he was really just running quarterback. So yeah, it was just options. And it yeah. wasn't even options. It was basically just QB draws. But yeah, and you saw his athletic ability in that regard um in that time. But then you last year you kind of saw what he could do with his arm. Yeah. Um, and I think he's got more arm talent to go. So yeah, yeah I, agree. Uh, I think I, I think we're on the same page there. It's gonna be Gary as the starter. Yeah. Um I don't, I'm with you. I really haven't heard anything that we haven't already talked about regarding spring. You don't get a lot of information out. Um, there's media is limited with what they can see in practice. I think they get like 15 or 20 minutes of practice time before they shut it down for them. So I really don't see a lot or don't get a lot reported on. Um, I think so. it would be interesting to find out how quickly Josh White gets on the field. Yeah. And, and that's like a fall. Because he's right. not going to be here till for fall, till fall practice. So, so I but mean, I think I that's mean, that's like the storyline that I'm going to be watching without knowing anything. Like Josh White, I think he's going to be like starting weak side linebacker. That's kind of like what the conjecture is, but I don't think. I mean, you can't really know until he gets out there. Well, the penciled in starter is is injured or has some kind of issue. Matt Jones, it, it hasn't been president in spring, so. And he, everyone thought that he was be the one who was going to be the next step up, but I don't know if that's the best fit for him. I thought he he played better, you know, more of like off the edge. Yeah, for sure. As a jack in that that position, that's more his like um, strength. But so you never know. We shall see. Moving on to the aforementioned NFL draft. So, did you are do you subscribe to the Athletic? Um, I have access to it. I am not subscribed to it, but I, so, I can read things on there. Yes. So Dane Brugler is a like kind of the draft guru, draft aficionado over there. And he put out his full seven round mock draft. Did you did you get a chance to look at that? No, I actually referenced uh the CBS seven round draft that was done okay. by Josh Edwards. Okay. So I'm gonna pull. I want to pull up Danes because it was quite interesting the uh, places he had players going. First and foremost, he had Jalen Petrie in the second round going to Minnesota. So Edwards had Jalen Petrie in the second round going to Pittsburgh. Okay, Pittsburgh. So that. I could see that. I mean, that to me, like Petrie is a Pittsburgh top player. Yeah. Like that's on the list that you and I have said a couple of times, like 
if he it would be the best fit for him is like there or Baltimore. Okay, so I'm gonna go down the list and I'm gonna see the uh just go down the draft picks to pick out the Bama players. And okay. So do you have do you think that there's a chance that Jalen could sneak into the first round? Or do you think he's I mean, solidly a chance, in the second round? Sure, there's a chance that it happens. I think there are people that are high on him, but overall from everything that I've read, I mean, he's pretty pretty hard projected as a second round pick. And yeah. when that happens, you're not going to take a gamble like because you'll be like, well, I think I could probably get him in the second round. Why would I risk it in the first? Yeah, I mean, the only thing is if you someone absolutely falls in love with the player. Right. And their next pick, they think he'll be gone. Exactly. So, you know. So maybe you I, trade down to later in the. In the yeah, I could see something like that happening. Like if, if somebody fell in love with him trading down into the early second round to make sure they got him. But but no, I think he's pretty solidly a second rounder. And I think that's a fair pick for him. Absolutely. And who on on the CBS drafts, who's the next Baylor player? The next Baylor player is his uh, partner in crime, Terrell Bernard. And what he, where's he have him? They have him in the fourth round going uh, number 132 overall to the Packers. Okay. That's quite interesting. Do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, I have, I think that would be a good spot for him, especially the cop type of defense that they play. I think Packers is a good spot for Petrie as well, just because they play that star position in their defense. Yeah, I know. I think, I think that'd be a fine spot for him and a fourth round for him. I think that's, I think that's great. Like, I think that's higher than I would have projected. So the next person on my list is I, I thought would I thought would have been projected to be drafted ahead of Bernard. So who's okay. next on your list? Uh, Terrell Bernard. He is uh, 149th in the fifth round to the Carolina Panthers, which I thought was interesting. That would make sense. I could see that happening. That makes sense just because Matt Rule, I mean, Terrell Bernard is his guy. I mean, he was a, he's a Matt Rule recruit. Um, and he praised Terrell, whenever he was a coach of Baylor, I mean, he that that's his guy. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, for sure. All right, who do you have after Bernard? Okay, after Bernard, I have it's still in the fifth round, and I was a little bit shocked by this. It is Kalen Barnes. Oh, wow, also in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. To Tennessee. I could see him going that high based just off of the speed. Somebody just saying, you know what? I can't coach that. Let me get it. Yeah. But yeah, he is not the next person who gets drafted. And according to CBS, Josh Edwards, uh, nobody gets drafted in the fifth round for Baylor. Uh, but the sixth round is a boon for the school uh, with uh, the next player being drafted after Terrell Bernard uh, going number 184 overall to the Vikings. And that's JT Woods. Okay, hold on. I've made a mistake. Uh oh. I've made a mistake. So, yeah. So after Petrie in the fourth round, Dane has JT Woods going to Kansas City Chiefs. Oh wow! At so one, we have a number two one round difference there on that one. Yeah, one uh, pick one thirty five. The fourth round, JT Woods to Kansas City. Okay. 
And then you have fifth round Trevor going to Carolina. And then you have Kalen Barnes, fifth round going to Tennessee. Gotcha. So, yeah. I, I, so he has JT Woods in the sixth. I haven't even gotten to Kalen Barnes yet. So you've already had more guys get picked before. But like I said, the sixth round is big because after that, with the 198th overall pick to the Jaguars, he had as Abram Smith. All right. So we have another fifth round pick. Uh, to Minnesota, Minnesota, Taquan Thornton, wide receiver from Baylor. Interesting. So, so yeah. Have, so you have like two, no, three Baylor players in the fifth round. So I'm I'm in the sixth. Remember, okay. nobody was picked. I haven't even taken Taquan Thornton yet. You have him in the fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next player is 207 overall, still in the sixth round. Cornerback uh, to the Broncos, Kalen Barnes. I think a lot of Taquan and especially Kalen, those are like they're, the their combine immensely helped their draft stock. Yeah, it got them in the draft. So you you haven't said Abram Smith yet. Does he, is he no. on your list? He is on my list. Where does he get picked? He gets picked after. Um, let me see. This is the so he gets picked. Actually, by the Cowboys going to Dallas. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. He was going to the Jaguars for me. And do you have anyone else? Because uh, I only have Taekwon left. So I think that's everybody. I think I think those are the only yeah. so, draftable players. All, all that's left drafted. for me is all that's left for me is Taekwon. And according to CBS Sports, he's gonna go in the seventh Wait, round. I lied to you. I got oh, you one did? more. We got one more. There, you, you need to get your eyesight checked. I know. Well, the the print's small, and I don't like it. I have it like dark, you know, like the blackout screen. So it's anyway. Uh, in the seventh round, pick two thirty four, Detroit, Tristan Ebner, running back from Baylor. Oh, okay. So he Tristan Ebner does not get picked in this draft, but uh, Tyquan Thornton is the number two hundred forty two overall pick to the Steelers, joining Jalen Petrie uh, in this draft to the Steelers, according to CBS. Yeah, so there's a little bit of variance. Um, Athletic has, like, you know, Tristan getting drafted. CBS doesn't have him. Um, I I don't know about Tristan. I think there's a good chance he does get drafted, but I think seventh round's a good about the spot you're going to put him. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I think he's a, a special teams flyer, special teams and player, yeah. and uh, I think he could have a very very successful NFL career. But I don't expect him to get drafted high. I don't necessarily like uh, Smith going to the Cowboys just because. Uh, What's the story for the Cowboys? I mean, he is perfect for like a outside zone, wide zone team. And I don't, I don't trust the Cowboys offensive line to put him in the best positions or their offensive line coach to put him in the best positions for that, for his running style. Yeah, no, I can agree with you there. I mean, similar to Zeke in the sense that like Zeke's kind of like a one cut runner too. Yeah, no, in, I mean Zeke's sense. a little bit more. But he's I mean, a little bit more. But, but not anymore. I mean, oh, I don't know. I'm, he's still I'm, he's still pretty. I'm good. not going to get into a Cowboys talk, so <laughs> I'll be very negative. I'll Either be very negative I hate the team, so. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I could see all those players getting drafted. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I could see every single one of them getting drafted. And like I said, I think Kalen and Taquan, their combine numbers and their pure speed makes them just draftable at, you know, at later rounds, third day picks, just because that's the type of thing you can't coach. I mean, you can t- coach technique and how we play and what we do, but I can't coach four two. Yeah. Uncoachable attributes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I absolutely type think, of players. I absolutely can, think they're gonna get it. They're gonna get drafted. I can totally see Taekwon getting drafted and stashed on a practice squad. And then we're gonna sure. develop or, or again years. make him a kick returner. For sure. Especially Kayla. Make Kayla a kick returner. Yeah. All right. So the draft that's in the 28th, so we get about, about about two weeks away. Uh, so yeah, something like that. I think tonight they're going to announce like the invitees because they do this weird thing now where they invite people from multiple rounds. I guess they it did. It was be... like twenty one or twenty two guys, and and nobody we cared about. Nobody we cared about got invited. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> then I don't got to talk about it. We can, on the other hand, talk about what the people really want to hear. Why they tune in? Sure, absolutely. All right. So official. Official spoiler alert. Oh, yes. Just put that turn, out there. Turn it off now as we are about to get deep and dive into Moon Knight. So I listened to this podcast. Uh, it's on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's called like um, Midnight. I guess it's called the Midnight Boys. I don't know if you're familiar with it. But uh, they do a, a reaction podcast. And they give this very cheeky uh, spoiler warning saying you're listening to a reaction podcast we're going to talk about spoilers it's kind of how <laughs> i feel about it we are going to talk we have both seen the episode we're going to talk about it if you don't want to know about it thanks for stopping by yeah we are we are uh we are going to fully talk about Kanshu. yes all right so, so third episode what did you think uh i liked it a lot Okay. I liked it, the development of the Mark Steven relationship. You know, you got to a point I, to where Mark was like, All right, Steven, you take over because this is your, your strong suit. What we're doing here, I can't do. And the I, same way with Steven was getting his ass kicked, he was like, Okay, take the body, take the body. <laughs> he knew like he's out of his element. I, uh, I didn't, I don't know. Like, I'm going to keep watching it, but. I don't know. It's not really pulling me in. I mean, I, I, I like all the elements. You know what? I like the development. I like the, the job that uh, I still praise Oscar Isaac's job, what he's doing with the... Because there's a scene... He's doing a great like job, he's yes. He's doing both parts in like one one scene. Like it's, it's no, there's no cuts. You're not switching back and forth. He's looking in the mirror. The the angle has just him looking in. You see his reflection looking back, and he's doing back and forth. And it's just, it's just great work. My my issue, not with Os- Oscar Isaac. My issue is really with the story in this episode because like, it just is so unbelievable to me that like literally they 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 go in front of a group of gods to be like, yo this human dude is like straight up trying to awaken a God that none of us will want to wake. And so they're like, all right, bring him in. Let's talk to him. And he's like, nah, I didn't do that. And they're like, all right, cool. We believe you. 
and that's it. Like, I mean, he did. He was compelling because no, he was not. He was just like my had, boss. I used to be my boss, and he yeah. sucks. Well, you have to understand these these gods. They have also have a history with Kanchu. I get that, but like so they have literally would have taken notions. no effort to been like, all right, avatars, like go follow this Oscar Isaac and just go look at what he's trying to show you. Yeah. Like, but take j- take a day, go j- just go go look at what he's trying to show you. But instead, it's just like, oh, Ethan Hawke says the country's crazy. Yeah, we kind of agree. All right, whatever, go home. We, we're not even going to check into this mass apocalyptic situation that's being accused. Well, they, I mean, they did. They asked Mark Spector, "Are you well?" He's unwell. He said, "Yeah, I am unwell." Is it, but he's but but you gotta like trust me. Like this dude is bad. Yeah, he does go on to say, but he's he's telling the truth. Yeah, but. If I was going to critique something, that would have been it. And for a different reason. Mine was mostly like, these are all Egyptian gods. And their avatars are not anyone who's remotely Egyptian or dark-skinned. This is odd. Oh, well, there's one. That one. But that was it. But anyway, yeah, that was just my... I mean, maybe, it, was, thinking, it was weird, but I guess like at this point, like they're they've scattered across the world or something is kind of the point that's also my like critique of like old anytime they predict um portrayed egypt in like older films you know you have like white actors playing egyptian it's just it's one of those things that i'm just uh, aware of so but that was that's just my problem yeah <laughs> so i had another problem with the story and it was okay. like the whole like end fight scene which i don't know like it just seems so over the top and like Like, yeah but i mean it's it's a marvel fight scene they're over the top yeah but no and it was the best fight scene of moon knight so far i I don't know man also in the comics he's not superhuman like he can't get stabbed like (laughs) he can't just get stabbed a bunch of times yeah i don't that's the only thing i understood like he had some like the suit has some powers when it was uh the mark specter suit i guess is what we're how we'll phrase it um and then whenever it's steven in like the the three-piece suit he's less impenetrable <laughs> he's he's very penetrable but i'm i'm guessing the you could say like well it's because he's in the spirit of country who is immortal is inside of him in this when he's taken over i guess in this moon night form, that's why. But yeah, well, Mark it's, like had his cape like block all these bullets and then sling them back at these people. Yeah, yeah. Them. Apparently, it absorbed the bullets and yeah. then fired them back at people. Like yeah. I just every the suit has just become like it's just like the writer's dream. It's just like, hey, what? How are we gonna get Moon Knight out of the situation? We'll I don't just know. Have like, the suit. It, yeah. The suit can do it. I understand that. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of. When you do these comic books, I mean, it's the same thing. You could, that every critique of any of these Disney plus Marvel shows have kind of been the same thing. That's fair. But like this one just feels, it just doesn't feel earned. None of it feels earned to me. You, They haven't made me like emotionally attached to anybody yet. Yeah. yeah I just don't care. I'm, again, I'm not going to stop watching it. I will say I don't this, think it's that, the worst thing I've ever seen. But. The first scene when it opens with Layla, like making the, 
I was enthralled in how they're making this fake passport. That, that was very cool. It started off great. I will give you that. Like that scene with the, the making the fake passport. Like, that was conversation cool. about her dad. And then you find out later, like her dad. It was it was just a giant exposition dump. Yes. But yes. the coolness, the coolness of the fake passport being made, like you kind of don't realize that they're just talking at you. I'm, which I'm fine with because you, like you said, you have this cool, cause I was like listening, but I was also like, man, this is, this is how you do it. I mean, thank so, you. Yeah, that, that's thank a good point. Disney. I remember thank thinking I was, like, I was like, now I know how to make a fake like, passport. That, didn't, that really didn't seem that difficult to pull off. You just had to have the right material materials. All you need is like a laminated machine, like a printer, some stamps and a camera. I mean, that's pretty much all you need. Yeah, pretty much computer. Now, uh, what do you think is, do you think Mark slash Steven is completely mortal now that Conchu is encased in stone? Well, I mean, I don't know because whatever, I mean, he knew Conchu knew he was, this is going to happen when he did that. And he told his Steven, tell Mark to, to free me or release me or whatever he said. So I would think that either just Mark has these natural skills, which maybe he does. He is a mercenary. Yeah, he's so, a former CIA agent. But I mean, it's not just this, to be a badass. I mean, I don't think they teach CIA how to release in stoned gods <laughs> in out of their state into. So I don't know. So I would think he has to have some type of knowledge to do that. So, and it's you know he's magically entombed. I would think you'd need some magical remedy to that I particular. Think- I think it's going to be something like Arthur Harrow has where like he has the ability to like use some of Amit's power, but not like fully access it. I think it's going to be something similar to that. Possibly. Like I I, I think it's going to be like, he tries to call on the suit and it doesn't come. And then like, there's going to be in an episode down the line, it's going to be like, we can't do this without the suit. And then like, he just like thinks about it really hard and he gets the suit. So do you think I'm asking you this question? So there's this there's a part in the the show, like whenever Mark's trying to interrogate those three like guys on the rooftop, and then he like flashes out and he's you know in a different car, then he flashes out and like he's killed somebody. And then he says, Steven, what'd you do? And Steven says, I didn't do this. So is there a third entity? Yes, and that was another thing on the list of my like, come on, like. I don't think they've I don't think they've earned the right yet to tease the third identity, but clearly there's a third. Yeah. So there is a in the comic books, I know this from listening to podcasts. If there's a there's a I think we may have talked about this. There's another personality because like Moon Knight's supposed to be Batman-esque. Right. And so there's another personality which is like this billionaire, and that's um that's Stephen Grant. I thought okay, so there's another one. His name's Jake Locksley, maybe Lockley. I think that's correct. And it just makes me think of like Jake Locker for some reason. But <laughs> I want to say Jake Locker. But so are they going to introduce this other personality into the into the fold? A hundred percent. Yes, that's I, what's I, happening. So like Steve, I, it's gonna be like some form of like good v like angel devil on your shoulder kind of thing. Like I think what they're going for is like 
Mark Spector is like the balance, right? He's the balance between like the bad guy and the good guy trying to make the moral decision, but willing to like go above and beyond and act and do something wrong. Stephen Grant is going to represent like the fully good. Like he's completely a pacifist, wants no violence whatsoever. Vegan, um, doesn't eat meat. Yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. And then I think what's going to happen is Loxley's going to be the exact opposite of that, where he's just pure violence killing all the time. He's like the bad version. So like Mark Spector is ba- like his his identity disorder is actually like his like, you know, like I don't know, his yin and yang being pulled apart from each other. So is Jake the one who asked the girl out from episode one member? Yeah, that's like, what I'm going to I've been wondering about that myself. Because I, I thought about that because I was like, like, he's still married and like he clearly like he clearly still has feelings for his wife as Mark Spector. Yes. And like the only reason like he's trying to divorce her is because like he wants to keep her safe. Like he's trying to he's trying to do everything he can to get away from her to keep Conchu from making her his next avatar. Right. So um God, that sounded so nerdy. I love it. But anyway, uh <laughs> uh so I don't I don't see him being the type that'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go out on the like on a random date. And clearly Steven didn't know about it. So it's I think it's the third personality, and we're the gonna find out house, that the- you know and yeah, clearly and he's vegan and clearly Steven didn't know about it. So, and I agree with you that I don't know if Mark would because he's clearly still married and he know he's aware of this. Right. So, yes. And, uh, and you would have to pretend to be Steven really in that situation because they know Steven. They don't know Mark, the people in the museum. Yeah, shop. that's the, yeah, exactly. And like Mark doesn't know about Steven. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing or at that point. Um, well, I guess no, they did because Conchu does refer to the idiot. Yeah, but he kept him, tried to keep him in the dark. Right. Yeah. You know, so I I don't know how the the problem the or I should say the biggest critique that I've seen with any of the Marvel shows has been they really don't stick the landing. They try to do too much or they they start too many things. They can't finish everything, can't wrap everything back up. And this one, they haven't really started a lot. You know, there's not a lot of threads like there were like in Rock and Winter Soldier, you had all kinds of stuff going on. You had Zemo and you had like the power broker and you had this other group of vigilantes who are all super soldiers. So you had like all this stuff going on at one time. Here, it's very singularly focused on we're trying to stop Harold from resurrecting Abbott and that's it yeah the, the pro- so like there's a problem and it's like kind of a good thing at the same time is I don't know like just get there I'm, I'm yeah. waiting for like a thing to happen and I understand that part of the reason why it's going as slow as it is is because they want to establish who the characters are and this is this is an extremely yeah. complex character to present yes. to an audience and also you gotta think like we don't have as an audience any kind of relationship with the character. This is an origin story, basically. Yeah, like and all yeah, the other it's ones not we a knew. popular series. It's like not X-Men. It's not like how people see Wolverine. Yeah. And all the other shows, we've seen multiple movies with these characters where we know how they are. We know their motivations and their history, their backstory. And we just don't with Moon Knight, Mark Spector, Stephen Grant. We just don't have that kind of built-in trust and relationship with the character. I have the same question that I have for most 
Marvel things, and that is like, where is where are all the superheroes? Yeah, and I don't like, really why, know why. Why doesn't Mark Spector call be like, yo, like a bunch of people are about to die because this god's about to be woken up, and everybody yeah. would be like. Hey, maybe that's something we should listen to because we live in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and like every crazy possible thing that could happen to us as. So let's listen to this guy. Yeah, we don't really know when this takes place either. In the timeline. There's got to be like, there's got to be Easter eggs in a, there. There are. Somehow. Uh, I've, I've seen, uh, I've watched a YouTube video. I've seen one. So like in episode two, when they're fighting and there's a bus. So the bus has an ad for that organization who is like repatriating people in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay, so this Simpson. is this is post snap. So it's post snap because it's you know they're re-establishing um, people who are what are we calling it? Blipped? Is that is that the, yeah blipped? Uh, so yeah, blipped? so we're t- we're talking about a society that we live in a society. Um, yeah, but you know, we're talking about like a world that has seen. Um, a Norse god take an army of aliens and attack New York. Yes. They've seen a sentient robot drop a city, like lift up a city out of the planet and then drop it on itself. Um, what else? They've seen um, like super soldiers. They've seen the Hulk. They know that yeah. like, uh, other Norse gods actually exist. They've seen an all-powerful purple alien show up with an army and then snap away half of the universe's life and then watched a group of other super beings then snap those people back into life even if you don't if you're like a, someone who has snapped away you know like you've lost five years of your life in something right so like i i feel like this is a world where if there's an existential threat like an egyptian god being resurrected that's going to like prejudge all of humanity and kill millions of people that if you explained that to some authority they might look into it like i think this is a world where people believe things now it (laughs) should be i constantly ask myself like where are the superheroes yeah but i i feel like this would be a great job for thor to hop in and help out yeah so because apparently all these Egyptian gods, like they're kind of like the Eternals, like they're just kind of hanging out watching. And where yeah, they like, come from? Are they like anymore. are they aliens? Are they what? I mean, where do they fit in? No, no they're just gods because Marvel has established that gods exist, and yeah, so like all gods in the gods. sense that like Thor's a god, but they are he's an alien in the sense because they come from a, a alien planet of Asgard. The Eternals were created by these Celestials and sent to Earth, basically to protect it from deviance. So are they created by the Celestials or are they their own? I don't know, man. I don't think <laughs> that, like, I don't think a... Are going to uh, get this much into it? A that- bird-skulled, like, skeleton man that uh, appears as, like, an apparition to only oh, one person. Was- I will say this: the art design for Kanchu is. Oh, he's so super good. cool. So, but cool like, looking. he's super not just like an alien. <laughs> he's he's like no, because his skull like floats. He doesn't have a body. 
yeah. yeah, corporeal form, you know. It's- I mean, and don't get me wrong, like the supernatural is a part of the Marvel universe. Like Red Skull now exists as like some, you know, apparition that protects an infinity stone. Yeah. So there's there's lots of weird stuff in the Marvel universe. But yeah, so what we're saying now is that there's there's even more gods. So do you think this is gonna be like a one-off or is it gonna tie in in some aspect to the larger story? I don't I don't know how it ties in yet. It won't surprise me if they like shoehorn it in at the end. But because like there's no way they're gonna waste the IP and not have it like the next group movie they do, like he's going to appear in it. Yeah. Because even even like the latest Spider-Man movie, they they had Daredevil in it. Yeah. Spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, it's not my fault. Um <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I mean, yeah, I think, and you I think had be like integrated. Kingpin was in the Hawkeye. So, I mean, yeah. So, you have like, well, I mean, those are like, I think, canon. I think it's something I, some a friend of mine like texted me in the middle of the day in all caps, like, Daredevil's canon. And I was like, what? Like, the <laughs> it always was. Like, all the shows are connected. So, so yeah. Uh, I'm well, still digging it. Um, I liked this last episode, I thought it was uh, entertaining. I gave it a C. Like I didn't hate it, but it just I was like, okay, I, I want more now. Stop giving me. I feel like I just keep getting appetizers. Give me, start giving me the main course. I think we're gonna. It's gonna shift gears into an Indiana Jones esque type of adventure without the Moon Knight. I think so too. Stuff. Like I think I think he's gonna struggle to use the suit for the for for a couple episodes. And I'm sure all these are are choices the filmmakers are making because they have to do all this on a budget. And I don't know how much it costs to have the CGI from Moon Knight. Yeah, this was definitely the most CGI that I think they've had. Or, or Conchie. I mean, that's computer. Yeah. So, I mean, so we got to we gotta stick to our budget. So this part of the season, these two episodes, there's no Moon Knight. There's no Conchie. <laughs> this, it's surprisingly, like, feels like it's budget conscious for a Disney production. Yeah. It really, really does. We talked about it a couple of times. How like the bad guys just like it's like nobody can see him. Well, they did and- that. They did that whole thing where he just like like he did that. They did it in this episode too, where it's a it's a fight scene, and then he'll flash out, and then you see the end of the end result, or fast forward in time where he he waits. Right. And so like a lot of that, we think it's probably budgetary reasons why he did this. And people die for like the like the main bad uh, bodyguard that Layla fights. Yeah, like she stabs him in the shoulders. Like she puts a knife in each shoulder, and he dies. And I'm just like, I think if you catch how far how deep she goes in the right angle, you could probably catch Morgan. Yeah, but it takes a little bit longer than that. He's just like, oh, okay, I'm dead. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Layla's the best part of this uh, episode for sure. Ah, I still think Oscar Isaac is delivering. Well, I mean, yes, his his performance is overall, but uh, I think she's a good character. I like I like the character of Layla. Yeah, she's she's growing on me. And then what else are you watching? Uh, I'm still watching Winning Time. Same on HBO, and I watched. I missed Sunday for some reason. So I watched it later er, uh, earlier in the week, and it was just uh, it's really good. I just wonder how, because I knew all that happened like historically, 
it was interesting to see like the accident and then Paul Westhead taking over and wonder how that's going to play out and how um, Pat Riley comes into the mix on the coaching side. Yeah. I almost have the same complaint as I do with Moon Knight where it's just like, all right, come on, let's get, let's get into it. Like, you're just we're going so slow and i was i thought i've been really waiting for way faster i've been waiting for like the basketball stuff yeah that's exactly i want the basketball stuff to start happening i mean maybe it's just because like we're both sports fans so you know whenever i'm watching a show about basketball i expect to see some basketball and like for the first three episodes there's no basketball yeah and it's like it's i get it bad things are happening to jerry bus like can we like it's just every episode is like Hey, remember how he solved that thing that was happening to him last time? Wait yeah, till what? what's going to happen to him this time. Yeah, like, but in, in the back of my mind, I mean, we all know, like, Jerry Buss is just fine. He'll be just fine. I mean, there's no, like, I know he's going to make it out of this. Just because I, I know what yeah, happens. Exactly. I, I know how this, I know how this I know, works. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite, my absolute favorite part about this episode, though, was Phil Knight. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if any of that's true. It is. So I, don't, I don't know if the meat is, but I know that they did offer. So Nike was nothing at this time. And yeah. they offered, they did offer magic. The, the, it's like his own name. Like a dollar, shoe. He had like a dollar shoe, your own shoe. And then you get like so many shares. I think it's, yeah, uh, he, he would have had an ownership stake in Nike. That would be worth billions. Yeah. That I saw the number because I Googled it and I was like, how much would this be? Then they're like, yeah, that's like, he'd be a billionaire. Yeah, and that's how Michael Jordan's a billionaire because Pat Knight did the same thing with Jordan when at that time Converse really was the king of basketball sneakers. Like Larry yeah. Bird, of course, as we know from the show, Magic Johnson. Um, I think Patrick Ewing, I think even like Akeem Olajuwon for a while wore Converse. Like they were all the big Converse athletes. But Jordan got offered an ownership stake in Nike and he made the savvy business decision to do it and plus it was going to be his own brand like they offered magic so so, so this is 79 80 season jordan's drafted in 82 84 84 okay cuz he was the number 3 overall pick i want to say it was 84 not 86 yeah cuz 86 elijah one took the rockets to the finals um so yeah, it was the '84 draft. Yeah, and Jordan was the third pick behind Akeem Olajuwon and Sam Bowie. And so is that was as a rookie? Did, did he sign that Nike deal as a rookie? Oh, I don't remember. I'm trying to think back from I, when I watched the Last Dance. Yeah, um, me too. That's what I'm trying to think. I know he. It might have been. I think it was his second season. I, I, I want to say it was his second season because I want to say '85 was when the Jordan. Let's see. When did the Jordan one come out? I want to say the Jordan one came out in 85. No, it says in 84, he signed a contract with Nike. Yeah. Okay. And then I guess I I think the Jordan one came out in 85. So he probably signed it in 84. And then she came out the next year. Yeah. For his own sneaker line as a rookie. Well, Nike was trying to get in, right? Like they were trying to become something. Yeah. Yeah, 1985 was was the Jordan one. Because I think at that point, weren't they doing just mostly like track shoes, maybe? Yeah. Because he said he was track shoes. shoes. And and they also had um, had shoes called uh, Blazers that that looked like kind of uh, of like Converse All-Stars. 
I saw this. Um, yeah, Jordan's net worth stands at a total of one point six billion dollars. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, so I saw that someone was like, "Wonder when Mock when uh, Magic realized like he had made a horrible mistake." You know, Magic himself is like crazy super rich. So I don't know if like it is funny when they're like, "You won't regret this," and then it shows Phil Knight, and he's like he regrets it yeah and like of course you regret not making that much money but it's like how much you're not losing sleep over it because of how rich he is because you know he owns like a ton of businesses yeah for sure like he's like in, in the los angeles investor. area yeah yeah he's made um yeah i do know that for sure um, he's yeah he's worth 600 million dollars now he's not a billionaire but I, I think I think he's doing okay. <laughs> he's not hurt, no. Yeah. He- um, the one critique, and I know it's HBO. They're a little heavy on the uh, HBO ness of it. If you know what I'm saying. I don't know. I think it's been tamer than it could be. Which like. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I've seen, I think I, it's no worse than game of Thrones. True. It's been a long time since I thought about game of Thrones though. So yeah, let's no, let's not go down that rabbit hole until, <laughs> until August when I'm going to jump right back into like house of dragon. So, <laughs> all right. So that that's winning time. What else are you watching? Um, that's about it. Gotcha. At this point. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm really just on, you know, pins and needles waiting for Obi Wan. So, the the Marvel stuff kind of I'm a huge Marvel fan, but they kind of get me through. They're getting me through to the uh, to the end of May. Gotcha. So I speaking of Kenobi, I have confirmed with our super secret guest that that he wants to come on for Kenobi talk. Okay, awesome. In fact, he said the words to me. I better get invited on when you talk about Kenobi. And I said, that's already the plan. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, we will be a full on like Kenobi a podcast by the end of May. I don't know if we'll talk about sports. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just going to be Kenobi talk. <laughs> so anyway, Joe, that's all I've got this week. Man, that's it for me. Happy Easter, everybody. Um, If you've got a long weekend, enjoy it. Don't be tempted to log into work stuff. Take your time off. I am. Yes, enjoy. If you have a three-day weekend, enjoy a three-day weekend. Everyone out there, have a happy Easter. Uh, Joe, where can people find you if they want to catch up with you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Matt, what about you? Find me on Twitter at Matt D. Workman. Podcast is at the Bearden Pod. Um, And for me, to everyone out there, happy Easter. Sick on bears. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.